Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? I'm your host, Lauren Conlon, and I've got a very intense episode for everyone today featuring someone who doesn't do many interviews at all, and I briefly introduced his name to people on season one, the November 15th episode titled Abuse Within the Walls of Faith, and that's the Covenant Presbyterian whistleblower, Austin Davis, and that's no relation to last week's guest, Dr. Byron Davis, who was amazing, and I will definitely have to have him back on. But I mentioned back in November, 
Austin's situation is so sensitive due to a number of things, one of them being the incredibly tragic Covenant School shooting in March of 2023. And if you recall the shooter, Audrey Hale, part of her manifesto was leaked back in November of 2023. And the people at the Covenant School and the parents of the victims, oh my gosh, they were so upset. And I do not blame them at all. But this sparked a very sensitive side conversation by Candace Owens, actually, and the Daily Wire, for one, that the shooter, Audrey Hale, was potentially abused. And if the church and the school knew about it and possibly addressed it, would things be different? And I mean, no one really knows, of course, nobody except for God. But interestingly enough, Channel 5 put out this article on February 19th, 2024. It said, quote, the lessons learned in the Covenant School mass shooting may help prevent future such tragedies. We still don't know if the killer's writings and potential motivations will ever be made public. That will be decided in court this spring. But before then, Metro Nashville Police now plan to share details of what happened in a specially arranged seminar. The timing of this presentation raises some questions, specifically what will be shared when so much of the Covenant shooting case file remains tied up in litigation that won't be resolved until April. It was March 27th of last year when a single armed suspect went to Nashville's Covenant School, killing three children and three adults. Metro police responded to the scene, taking out the shooter. The quick response likely prevented a greater loss of lives. But nearly a year later, questions remain about what happened. Details of the investigation have not been made public, but that could be about to change for law enforcement. News Channel 5's legal analyst Nick Leonardo says the ad makes it clear that potentially there's going to be specific information on the Covenant shooting and how it may have been prevented. Later this month, Metro Police will offer a presentation on the Covenant shooting through the U.S. Department of Justice for only sworn officers. This will provide an overview, review, and factors that may have contributed to the violence and share lessons on prevention. Could this include details from the shooter's writings now tied up in court? End quote. And unfortunately, there was an update made to this article on February 20th, 2024, the very next day. And it says, quote, update. We learned late this afternoon that the U.S. Department of Justice has canceled the seminar to be held by Metro Police for law enforcement. We do not know the reason why. End quote. That is very curious, but I'm honestly not surprised. I'm really not. I'm disappointed, but not surprised. And Austin Davis, he knew of Audrey Hale. Just as a side note, his daughter had classes with her, and they were about a year apart in school. So let's pivot to 
the victim, victim one, Jennifer Doe, and the entire reason that Austin became this whistleblower. So Austin Davis, former parishioner at Covenant Presbyterian, he filed a lawsuit against the church for not reporting alleged abuser John Perry. And as a reminder, John Perry is an author. He co-wrote Mike Huckabee's book and worked with some other very high-profile politicians. And look, I've heard court recordings where John Perry is identified as this abuser. And I've relinked uh, the BuzzFeed news story. And this abuse was substantiated by the state police in Tennessee. Now, according to court transcripts and various news articles like the BuzzFeed article, Jennifer Doe or victim one or the minor did share that she was allegedly being abused by John Perry to Austin Davis and his wife. But again, you can also do your own research. You can go to law.justia.com or even The Silent Bell. And I also mentioned on the November 15th episode that the timelines of the minor that was abused, the victim here, and Audrey Hale, they did seemingly cross paths at the school. So what has been said about Audrey and what Candace Owens said and what the people, I guess, quote unquote, people are speculating that the rest of the manifesto says that was not leaked. And even the recent Channel 5 article is hinting it is that Audrey Hale was possibly abused. And this is why she did what she did. And hear me out. She did the most unspeakable, horrific thing a person could ever do. She murdered innocent children. And if I were a parent of one of those children who was killed, I don't give a flying crap about what happened to Audrey Hale because I can no longer hold my baby. So, and, and that would all be because of her evil, murderous actions. So I don't care what happened to her. I would have blinders on and I wouldn't be able to see past anything. I really wouldn't. But other parents the Covenant School, they do have a right to know if something was potentially covered up because what if there are others? What if there are formerly allegedly abused kids that are having horrible issues because no one did anything to help them? What if? This just goes back to what if she was helped, Audrey Hale was helped, would this have happened? We don't know. Nobody knows except for God. But this is where Austin comes in. Now, Austin even tells me that because of his past with this school and the church, when the shooting occurred, they actually looked at him first before they knew it was Audrey Hill. They looked at him. And oh my gosh, I was just so incredibly devastated for him. And just as a side note, everything I just went over was incredibly hard to verbalize and write out. So I just want to apologize. I hope I didn't offend anybody or trigger anybody by discussing this. But back to Austin Davis, literally since he spoke out in the early 2000s, he has been tortured and as of late by the Tennessee judicial system. And this is all for wanting to protect kids from sexual abuse and hold the church accountable. And around the time that Austin filed this lawsuit, John Perry resigned from his position at the church. He was an officer. His wife divorced him. And this is not all a coincidence, but 
Being the whistleblower in a case with some pretty powerful people is not easy. So I should share with you that in 2019, Jennifer Doe, aka the minor, the victim, did sue Austin Davis for defamation and invasion of privacy. And the lawsuit, just a part of it, says that the plaintiff, who is now an adult, filed this action against Austin Davis seeking compensation and punitive damages for intentional invasion of privacy and defamation. The plaintiff also sought to enjoin Mr. Davis from further intrusion into her private life by posting to social media statements regarding her childhood sexual molestation, as well as the private details of her life and childhood. I will leave that there, but just speculating here, I can imagine that a victim of sexual assault, or a survivor in this case, I should say, maybe this person does want to move on with their life, and they just want to heal, move past what happened to them, which I completely understand. Everybody handles their trauma differently, and they are absolutely entitled to that. I do think that Austin's intentions are to save other children and hold the church and the school accountable here. I really and truly believe that, and it's just a horrible, horrible situation. But let's take note here. Austin, because of this, has been thrown in jail. I mean, he spent every penny he has trying to fight this and clear his name, which has been completely dragged. And... When you hear our interview, I'm speaking to Austin from the hospital. Unfortunately, he filed a new motion uh, February 12th, and we can get into that, or he'll get into that in the interview, but he took a very bad fall outside, poor guy. And legally, he can't get into all the details of what he's been through, but I had been bugging him for an interview just to share what he could of his story, and he finally agreed, and he's just such a nice, sweet, genuine man. He genuinely cares. And I think that digging and sharing stories like this indirectly connected to Grant and Gracie, and and you'll hear more during our interview about how he knows Grant and Gracie and Angie, uh, I think it's important to share what he has to say, not only to make more noise of alleged corruption in Tennessee, but I do truly believe it gets us one step closer in trying to connect certain dots about Grant and how some of these churches are intertwined. So you can go to the silentbell.org, which is linked out in the episode notes. And please also keep in mind, this is Austin's account. You can always do your own research, come to your own conclusions. And I'll say me personally, I just think he's so passionate and I do admire the fact that he cares so much and he hasn't given up after all these years. And he also mentions the blog Jane Speaks Up. This was a blog that I briefly mentioned in season one. I've linked that out as well. That's another case of Tennessee corruption and a church cover-up that, again, you might find interesting. And the last thing I want to say about Austin before I play our interview is there are some similarities to his story, like Angie's, because people are trying to paint him out to be mentally unstable. He's not. He's passionate. And he is somewhat of a hermit now. He doesn't really speak to a lot of people because he's been so beaten down. But he just minds his business. He lives his life. And he has a lot of info, a lot of names. And this is Austin Davis's story. 
Austin Davis, I know that you are joining me from a hospital bed. So I really, really appreciate you. And I hope you're feeling okay. Uh, I am. Thank you, Lauren, for having me on. And um, we'd plan this. But um, on Monday, after I filed the intervening motion in the Covenant School um, open records case, I um, I had an event after that, that um, at, later in the evening when I tried to go home. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I ended up in the hospital. So um, oh, gosh. I'm, I'm well taken care of and trying to heal now. Yeah, yeah, no, I um I can only imagine. And and now I, you know, I briefly reminded people um before starting this interview just who you were, what your story was, and how you do have a connection to Grant and Gracie. So, I just want to go back really quickly. I mean, this nightmare started for you in what Uh, for me it started in uh 2002. Okay. Um, at, at Covenant. I was a church officer in the, in the church. I actually designed the Covenant School seal. Oh. And uh, my daughter was in the first, um, the first, um, you, you know, the normal year in 2001 mm-hmm. uh, with Audrey Hale, who was in kindergarten. And uh, she was the, yes. the, the mass shooter in that case. And so my case goes back on that all the way and involved the police and things in 2008 and then in 2013 uh when we finally started learning things about what all was a lot of the things that were being covered up I, we filed my family filed a lawsuit and we were in court um down in, in the davidson county courts and the family county courts where they mm-hmm. put my case we filed it and we were in court, and uh, what I didn't know at the time, and, and WSMV TV was actually got a um, court order where they could bring a camera, and they actually brought a camera into our our court hearing to record the um, the case, mm. which is highly unusual. They don't normally go into civil courts, right? But they came into ours, and at the same time. Um, I don't know if it was on the same day or not, but it was extremely close to it. Over on another court, the other, the other, there are like two courts there. Mm-hmm. And in the other court, Angie was over there in her divorce case with a former WSMTV anchor person. Yes. And so wow. all of us were down there in June of 2013 in court. Um, and Angie and I didn't know about each other at that point in time. It wouldn't be till 2000. 21 on July the 4th, when I happened to be uh, reading a, a website called Jane Speaks Up, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she was telling great detail about what was going on in her case that was over at Bible uh, Fellowship Bible uh, Church in Brentwood, where a three-year-old boy had been raped in the bathroom during church service. It's yeah. shocking. <laughs> and, there, and, and Jane Speaks Up was a second mother that had a, and they had filed a suit, but it was all kind of kept up, you know, nobody's reported on it, but I found right. out about it from hers and went down there and confirmed it at the courts. But, uh, she was writing on her website about, um, and I, I just got my ruling in the criminal courts. I, you know, I, I, we'd gone through a lot of suits and then we were over these over, they, they charged me criminally on some things to, to just totally demonize and destroy me. 
But I was yeah. I was just sitting there, and the other ruling had come down, and everybody was extremely depressed in my family, and we were, you know, destroyed. And then all of a sudden, Jane speaks up, posted a, on the 4th of July, posted a blog uh, article, and she hadn't spoken in about two years. And when she posted up, she talked about an attorney named Larry Crane who had filed a $3 million defamation lawsuit against me and the, and, and the cases I was in, and then it was also over suing um, um, Ash, Shannon Ashley of me, the medium writer that had written an article about Grace yes. and, mm-hmm. and on behalf of Grace Chapel. And so all of a sudden, you, you, know, you started seeing these uh, the people that are you know speaking out about things, and then the lawyers and people that are you know suing people and trying to you know protect the churches and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's that's where I became aware of uh, of the WSMV connection and Aaron Solomon, Angie Solomon, and Grant's case. And when I read it, you know, when I read through it, it was just so. You know, I'm just I'm I'm so enrolled in the other other case, and I'm and, I'm, and there were several other cases that are connected. Mm-hmm. You know, had these connections in, in my case, and then here was another one. Yeah. And I'm reading it and looking at it, and I'm just uh, I just you know, this is just unbelievable. I, and I really didn't know what to believe because I'm coming at it totally. I like facts, and yeah. so I don't I don't I gotta know. I don't like to say something until I'm. Uh, damn sure it's a fact, you know. And mm-hmm. so I was probably very skeptical as I looked at it because it just seemed kind of unbelievable. And you look at the pictures and just look and you go, okay, well, I mean, and, I, and so I had to go out and like get my car and get up on a hill and try to start seeing what that was like and uh, if it was possible. Oh, it, and, the parking lot, right. Yeah. And so yeah. And anyway, so, so on July the 20th, 16 days later, they were having a one-year balloon of a lease and, and a, you know, uh, a service at the at the cemetery with a lot of the kids that go to school, mm-hmm. probably 100 kids over there. And all these kids, you know, kids know they're the scariest people in the world because they can kind of have fruit detectors with adults a lot. <laughs> and no one were, were getting, they're getting BS or whatever. And so yeah. they're still, they still have a, a thing to them that adults can become jaded about. But uh I went out there, and all these, you know, eighteen, nineteen-year-old kids were there, and Angie and Gracie were there. And before I got to where it was, I was visiting a, a plot of somebody that was in my family and uh, in my family re- relatives' world. And mm-hmm. I, I'd actually done a graveside service where I'd actually let it out there, and so I went back to stand there for a while, and then I saw some cars pull up, and these women got out. Must have been about eight of them and so i was really nervous about going to the service mm-hmm. i had a couple a blazer and khakis i was trying to dress nicely to go to it and i didn't know him i'm a complete stranger i felt kind of crazy going over there but i knew that i had information that, that was going to connect some dots yeah and so i went over there and walked up to the lady and i said ladies I, I, my name is austin davis um i think i might be able to help you and they just completely embraced me the moment I walked over there. Yeah. Which was unusual for me because I've not been embraced anywhere. And I, all I get is hate and, and, and threats and all the other kinds of stuff for so many years. And so it's kind of a shock to me to have any, any women be nice to me. And so they, um, they took me down to the ceremony. 
and that was my birthday. Uh, I think I was turning 66. It was Grant's anniversary, one year anniversary of his death. And that, that hit me pretty pretty hard. He was a baseball player. I played baseball, got hurt in Ole Miss when I was trying to play there, got hit in the eye and had a bad eye injury. Mm-hmm. Lots of things I could kind of relate when I thought back to being his age. Mm-hmm. You know, how you're looking at your life and your future and then just to have it taken from you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, anyway, I went down there, and then they were asking me questions and talking, and I think among them it was spreading, you know, quickly that somebody showed up and had something, and then they introduced me to Melanie, who had gone to Ole Miss where I went, and we had some common connections through Memphis where she went to high school and where I went to high school. Melanie and, Hicks, uh, right. Just, she and I immediately hit it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We stood next to each other at that little service, and there were people were speaking, and, and I was standing across from Angie and Gracie while it was going on. I never met them, mm. and they were you know, looking over at me, and I'm the stranger there. And uh, then as soon as it was over, Melanie said, would you come back to our house and have pizza with us and mm. sit down and talk to us? Yeah. So we all went back over there, and then we I left there, I think it was about 8 a.m. in the morning. And we'd stayed all night talking about um, the the cases and then putting a lot of the connections. Yeah. Um, and I, I I knew a lot more about the political connections up above uh, that I'd already run into. And I knew what they were headed into and what they might be battling. And I don't think they were quite aware of it at that time, what was happening right. with them. But uh, I was able to see the field better. Yeah, and and, um, and so anyway, that that began, and then and so from that from that point on, um, I started to researching and doing my own own validation of facts and things. Mm-hmm. And I put out a one of my links that I put out on the Silent Bell. I have a website called www.thesilentbell.org, and when I put that out, um, I put a, I put a link out there. And at first, I was saying alleged. And everybody was calling it a mysterious death and mm-hmm. things like that. But after I really went through it, broke, and I have a thing called Seven Minutes in Gallatin that I did. Yes. And it's, it's hard to read because it's a lot of detail and pictures. Mm-hmm. It's only, it's, it's like a library of documentation, but I went through and broke through that, uh, you know, detail by detail, minute by minute, trying to go through with what I had, what I could hear and what I, what I knew. And um, and it became very. It was hard to hard to start seeing what I could see and how it was going down. But I I called it a murder when I put it out, and that's from Grant's perspective. He's under that car. His body's speaking. His mm-hmm. head's in a certain position, different from the side of the, the car that that's being shown to a grieving mother a couple of days later. There, okay. It's 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 a completely different scene, and he's speaking from under there. He's speaking to me as I wow. looked at it. Wow! I could, I, and the Bible talks about how the how the blood cries out to the Lord from the ground, and um, and um, Shelby Foot was my mentor in Memphis. He's a, a writer and historian, and we used to talk. And he would go to the battle scenes and walk mm-hmm. the ground. So I'd gone out to the scene with Melanie and walked all over that ground. Right. I really looked at it, and, and so I'm just saying it was, it was really speaking to me. And so I, 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 I told him now, I said it's a, it's a murder. 
Now, now who did it? Uh, that's to be investigated, which nobody seems to want to do. They say they've investigated, but they've investigated a traffic accident. And they, yes. to me, didn't seem to do a very job. Yeah, we have a murder. There's a murder. A a murder yeah, I want to I wanna just say just to, to cover our tracks here, potential alleged. Um, yes. And that is, that is your opinion. And that is definitely the opinion of a lot of people here. Um, obviously well, I'm not this, worried about it. I can tell, I've already been sued by Larry Crane uh, and he can come back and see me again. Well, and I, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, you've been, so. and I, I, I recognize that. And I want to point that out. Like you have gone bankrupt because of this. And when I mentioned 2015, I'm sorry, I guess I should have clarified that was the year they first threw you in jail. Is that correct? Yeah. That's when I was arrested in town jail. Yeah. Yes, and I, I want to just... I was arrested put, in church. I was arrested at Covenant in, in a uh, church service. I mean, it's just, so, it's crazy. And I just want to put this out there. Like, this is you speaking out to to protect children from sexual abuse in the church and in the school. This And, and for whatever reason, they, they have, you know, done this to you for... I, I just, it's, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. This stemmed from you trying to protect children. Now, nope, sorry, continue. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, um, you know, I've coached forever. I've coached kids. I'm hard on them when I coach them. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I, I get a little emotional at times oh. about, about time. the kids. There's, there's nothing, you know, some coaches kind of line at the walker out there and you're coaching kids you're trying to get the best out of them. You want to, mm-hmm demand something from them from the old school you know we didn't have participation awards and all that i guess that's all kind of good on some level but i'm it's it's okay to fail Mm -hmm. it's okay to get beat i've been fight on teams we didn't win a game the whole year Mm -hmm. Uh, i was a very competitive person that made me more competitive because i I hated losing and and so you can't soften up life for it everybody loses everybody wins at some point in time if they Work hard, you know. It's just thing. But even if you don't, you're still learning something. I thank God when I, I got into that. I was I was down in the ground in the snow and really really hurt bad and mm-hmm. took a long time for the ambulance to get there. And I looked over and the first thing I said, God, I don't know why this has happened, but I thank you for it. And um, uh-huh. it's you know you you learn from every experience. I wouldn't have done that when I was probably 18. Uh, right. I've probably been cussing a lot like I do still. <laughs> but, If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> I've learned over life that, like, there's good and bad. And there's good and bad people. There are people, there are good and bad institutions. There are people that do bad things, but then the institution might do good things and, and maybe doing something bad, too. So it's a mix of, of things. And that's why the founding fathers had checks and balances and in, in things. They, they knew how rotten man was. So I am speaking out and using my First Amendment right, which has been under unbelievable attack. But yeah. um, When did you start the silent bell, exactly? Well, I've had two sites that have been taken down by uh, basically injunctions when I've when lost the, mm-hmm. the Larry Crane. Uh, and he represents the child moisture in the case that, uh, that I'm involved with over at Covenant. And he represented uh, Dick Moore, and I can't say the name. I'm under oh, I, yeah, sorry. I, but I'm, I'm, I know what the rules are, and I'm abiding by them. Okay. But, um, it's um, and so that's all kind of uh, you know unusual in itself. Uh, but I'm I had I went and took sites down, SoundCloud, and different court hearings. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I had to bring down. Yeah. And then I went back and 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 a lot of that was kind of I don't know I, went, I didn't know what I was doing. I was kind of sloppy in it. And I, I'm pretty. I mean, at times like I would I, I, just I can didn't relate about what I was writing down. I just put it out. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't organized like a newspaper or trying to put out a good verdict, I mean, a good image of something. And then when I came back with the Silent Bell, that was when I got a little more organized. I said, I got to be a little neater. I got to, I got to, you know, write stuff a little better than what I did. Because when you're, when you're in a, in a, a barroom brawl, kind of like I feel like I've been in. Yeah. Um, you, and I have a temperament that's from sports and, com, you know, just competing and, there's just and I'm and I was having people do things to almost agitate me because I'm under I'm all under all kinds of harassment threats and yeah. I mean like under law like I can be arrested today I'm still under these under the jurisdiction and I have a number of of uh, letters written from different attorneys here in town and they will come get me Ugh. when I filed the other day I was I was worried about being arrested while I was at the courthouse yeah and when I got yeah. home I was just glad to get home. That I hadn't been arrested while I was in town. Now, am and I? In jail again. I I read um, some of this this motion, and am I allowed to say anything about that? Am I allowed to ask you? Sure. You're, well, no, I haven't put it out yet, just because I've I've been yeah. in the hospital having surgery and different things. But um, I did get a phone call from from Nick Breeze, Channel Five, five the day after. Yeah, and then asking me about that motion, so I know they're aware of it. I know they they know, and I know that um, the, the the lawyers have all been sent copies of that. Now right. we don't know whether the judge is going to deny it. We don't know whether everybody's going to keep it buried in secret, mm-hmm. which is what they've done along. But it, it shouldn't be. And right. this goes back to the question about the kids. Had people reported right. on what's going on back then? Yeah, I think Grant yeah. still be alive. Oof. So the media plays a big role in this because they're not doing their job. They're not reporting on any of the story. And when they have, when BuzzFeed did report something on it, they, and, and the London Daily Mail and other people picked it up, they all put out false information that the statute of limitations had expired. And that's a uh-huh. lie. It hadn't expired. And it's uh, even at the federal level, it's uh, 
it's under the man act. Right, so if, with the minor. Yeah, so they're lying mm-hmm. and they cover it up and they keep doing that. And people, and then everybody goes expired and they look at me like I'm a nut and say I'm mentally crazy. And they they prosecuted me as a Sandy Hook shooter threat to the public school. They mm-hmm. hated me seeking out and writing emails every day and bothering everybody. But they don't they don't respond to you. They completely ignore you. And I didn't like that. Yeah, so I kept speaking out because I was trying to protect kids from something happened to me. A molester. In the, in the church and in the community that not, wasn't being prosecuted. And he's living over in, over in Bell Mead, and he's around families that are going to Innsworth and other schools. I'm thinking, you know, the parents over there might want to know that they've got somebody like that in their neighborhood, but they, they're protected. I'd want to know. Than Einstein, uh, than Epstein. They're protected yeah. more than Weinstein. They're protected more than anybody. I think mm-hmm. I was probably one of the first. I think I may be the only case in America that happened at that point in time. We couldn't find one anywhere that was even similar to mine. Right. There's some that happened since then. But so what happened was in 2008 when I got got banned and blocked at the, the door of the church going to church on June the 29th by secure a secret security unit up there, and they let my wife and children go in, but I, I wasn't allowed in, and they, they you know. I had to get off the property because I was walking my car and told I could never speak to anybody at Covenant again. I could never go there ever, ever again the rest okay. of my life. Wow. And I'm in school with these people, and I can't talk to them. If I talk to them, I'm under the harassment law is what I was told, perpetually. Okay. <laughs> but I couldn't talk to anybody. And so that that really put a lot of restraint on me. It extended beyond the trespass. It was now mm-hmm. extending where you're walking around. you got a, a cage around you. I had people I knew that come up and try to talk to them at the school. I wouldn't talk to them because I was afraid if I talked to them, I was getting trapped. And they would call the police and report me. The police come down and arrest me for harassing them. Right, right. And that's what they're trying to pass down in the legislature now. So, you know, you got somebody that's considered a threat. You go to a judge or whatever, and, and then they, they make them a threat. And I'm the perfect example. I'm the mentally ill threat. And at that time, it was there was a shooting in Virginia Tech. It just happened a few yeah. months before this that was happened. That was what the police said when they came. Now, Mr. Davis, we had the shooting at Virginia Tech. You know, like, you can't be too safe anymore. You can't talk to them. You can't go there. And that's what two detectives told me on the you know, front porch of my house. Okay. On uh, July the 2nd, 2008, when they actually sent the police to me. So now I'm under harassment law. Right. And and that's going with me everywhere I'm going. This perpetual, and they said it was for the rest of my life. And when I got arrested mm-hmm. years later, it was all based on everything that happened back then. And I, yeah, I didn't even know if it extended out that far because I've been mm-hmm. back to the church since then. When I got invited to a wedding and some other things, and nothing was done to me, and and it was all, and they didn't have the right to do it anyway because they didn't go and got approval from the session or the congregation or anybody. You can't just go do that. You can't just hijack a church. Because right. a couple of elders and just decided to ban people. Everything about it was unlawfully done. But they did it, and it looked like it was good. And then the police and the courts and everybody just went right with it, even though I was telling them, you can't do this. Right. Because the point was, we have to destroy this guy. Right. And that's what they right. did. And then March 27, 2023 happened, and... There was no security up there. There had been security for me up there. And I was arrested by a security guard. He stopped me and wouldn't let me into the church. He's a Davidson County Sheriff's Sergeant. 
And then specifically there for you. Huh? Specifically there for, for you. Me. Okay. Yeah. 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 And they, and my, my daughter got on recording and, and they actually said my name. And I've gotten a call from a friend that went there and they were kind of concerned. They said, God, they actually saying your name for So I was public enemy number one in the building and everybody out there is like, they're, what they're doing is they're going out and like telling everybody Austin Davis is going to come here and shoot the church up. Oh, gosh. Our kids okay. again called that in school. Oh, wow. And it, and it was like the BP oil spill. It's just going everywhere and they're totally hmm. letting that kind of information go out to demonize. Right. And, the more, and, and to discredit me because I was over there saying that there was a problem. Mm-hmm. And so when the, and so I got arrested in 2015 and went to 2017 a trial, got convicted, actually ended up going to jail for some time. And then, and then, um, uh, you know, got through my probation. And what did you get convicted of, Austin? Sorry, what huh? was the actual conviction? Aggravated criminal trespass. On behalf of the Covenant School and Covenant Presbyterian Church, and I was a danger and threat to children. Oh, my gosh. That's so frustrating. Oh, my gosh. And You're I was a threat to, to children. children. <laughs> uh, sorry, continue. That was, Oh, my gosh. That's so frustrating. <laughs> I'm trying to protect the children. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the police department is up there. And if you know the recordings I sent you this morning, when you listen to those, and they're, they're just excerpts. So you listen, and you'll hear me telling the police officer, y'all want to hear about the child sex abuse? I'm standing there in front of the building. If they come into service and pulled me out, and the media is on the police report, it says media is what reported me to the police. Mm. So they're violating all the First Amendment rights of going to church, being there, and sometimes the media is calling and saying, he's down there. I wasn't disturbing the church. I went to church. Nothing happened. It was at the very end of the service, then cops come down into the church service and, and stop me. And you can hear the music going. I'm sitting there singing. And they say, Mr. Davis, they take me outside. I'm telling him outside. And I'm being warned then. And then when I go back a few weeks later, because I'm beating on the door then. Mm-hmm. That's not their house. That's God's house. And there's a place and point in time where you're, you, you have to exert your right. And then somebody else is going to try to stop that. But in the end of the day, it'll all get, it'll all get shaken out. I mean... You were, yeah, and you were, you know, if you're banging on the door to a church, like obviously you're trying to prove your own point there, even though you know deep down in your heart, you know what's going to (laughs) happen, you know, in that type of situation. It's going to be paid in doing that. And that's what uh, Paul and everybody in the Bible, that's what they knew when they would have these. We got too many people now that are like telling us what to do and they're losing that freedom. The freedom is dying and going away. It's already pretty much gone. From what I see, I mean, I, if anything would be heard out of the day, it would be call your friends, send this over to them, let them listen, let them start looking because it's like it was in 1773 or whenever it all started. And Patrick mm-hmm. Henry gave the speech, you know, we're, we're in trouble and there are forces that want to take our freedom away, try to hang on to our First Amendment rights to be able to speak, to be able to go to church. I mean, you shut down churches and just order everybody they can, and everybody's complying and they're doing it. I mean, we, I understand it's a complicated thing, but uh, once you lose your freedom, you don't get it back very easily. Tyrants don't give it back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there comes a, a point in time where like, I can imagine like for you and like, even for Angie, like they've got this thing, uh, with you guys like, Oh, it's so easy. You're crazy. You're crazy. We're just going to gaslight yeah. you because you have 
truth. You have truthful information that you've brought forward and you've been beat, beat down for literally both of you for over a decade. Okay. So there comes a point when you know, you're going to snap and, and it's going to, they're going to say, Oh, look, 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 they're going to point the fingers. Look how crazy, look how crazy. And I, you know, I know you can't really get into this, what you brought forth at, at the church and at the school, that was, that was extremely, extremely valid. There was victim testimony. There was, I mean, the church minutes, you know, that were recorded with him essentially stepping. It's just, it's, it's what you had was real. And and it seems to me I've got two judicial yes. letters, and one of them's written to the DA saying and sends the information over. I love the judge for doing it. He sent it over. You know, I didn't have a good hearing in the case and all, but you know, the judge at the end of the case when it was over, and he heard the testimony. He wrote a a, a letter immediately to the DA and said, oh "My God, the, the victims come in and testify to this," and he just put it yeah. over to him. But see, yeah. the DA is, is the the brother-in-law of one of the staff members at the Covenant School. And so I'm being prosecuted by uh, somebody who's got a connect, a family wow. connection to the Covenant School. The police are tied to it. It's all tied in there. And then they're the ones that come out and stand in front of the building after everybody's shot and all. Hundreds of cops up there and they're collecting all the evidence. They shouldn't be near any of this evidence. And now the manifesto and the journal and what what's written. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I put stuff in the brief. Um, and they, I don't know if you're able to see the exhibits yet. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. gotten out, but you see in there, I'm referring to them. But basically, what I'm going to the court is, and it's 10 months after this thing's talked, I'm under duress. Mm-hmm. And I've watched everything. But when I heard in court the, uh, on January the 29th, and I was watching the news, and I heard the, one of the attorneys say that there's an inconsistency in a document that is inconsistent with an attorney's statement that uh, she died, Audrey Hill died in test state and didn't mm-hmm. have a will. And what this attorney's saying, there's a document there and there's something inconsistent between these two statements. Mm-hmm. What that leads me to believe without him saying it is, to speculate on, is it sounds like there may be a will in there. And so she's written a will, and then the police are the ones that are deciding who gets to see whatever they get to see, and they're holding back the information. I want to know what's in the will. What did she say? She right before uh, the shooting, she was talking to friends, and she was telling them, "You'll understand better. I've left plenty of evidence behind." But we'd never so seen I, that I've evidence. Heard some things. Them, well, what's the evidence? So there's yeah. nothing that excuses um, or validates vengeance. Right. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. And so there's yeah. nothing that validates anything that happened. But uh, but we do need to understand in some of these cases, and especially in this one, if there's child sex abuse that went on, if there's something that happened to Audrey back when she was at school there. And I know yeah. enough that there's, a, there's a, a deep concern that I have. And therefore, there shouldn't be all the secrecy. Let me get there and read the damn manifesto in the journals and see what she said. They're not going to do that, but I'm just saying. Huh. And so since there, there's silence and there's nobody talking about it, I'm stepping into the court. I'm giving the judge information she needs to know. And the attorneys that are in there, they know. And the problem is there's several attorneys on both sides there that aren't reporting what they do know. And there's nobody yeah. talking about it. And it's, yeah. the, it's the elephant sitting in the in the dining room. Or in the living room. So I, that's why I rushed in and said, I'm bringing this motion to the court. I think this is timely. 
I think that uh, there's enough here now. This needs to be considered, and now that judge has to decide um, whether they're going to let me come in and, and have a place to stand. And I'll right. be doing that on one foot. <laughs> I've always liked stuff still standing, but now the Lord's got me on one foot. So uh, uh, <laughs> just happens, for the I next the next few months, but um, no, and it's it's you know this is. This is just, it's so tragic and it's so sad because you don't know what could have happened should, you know, if they would have looked into this when you brought it to their attention, how many kids could have been saved, um, you know, whether I'm, it has to do with Audrey well, Hill. Well, we do and, know because yeah. I, th- I don't think the school, I think the school might not have survived if it had come out what they had done. And right. I think that uh, any school that, and see, this is another connection, just look at what's happening at GCA. A lot of the people at GCA are connected to the people at the Covenant School. I send an email into them on into the into the faculty at the Covenant School on March the seventeenth, ten days before the shooting. And I was oh. providing them information about um uh Brad Joya, who's the NBA headmaster that had testified against me in court. And when he did that, that was a, I found out there was another case in Darlington, the Darlington School of Rome, Georgia, where he had been before. Where now there are 20 known victims. There were a 370 million dollar lawsuit over there because they were getting down abused down there for years oh. at the school, and it's a 40 year old case. And so, if you read the bell and you look into the things, you'll see the connections. But when I found out about, it, oh my God, there was another case down there, and so these people are stepping in. It's kind of a spider web. They're trying to keep. Everything pressed down, yeah, and it's all tied to th- that case. It's tied to Gracie and and Grant Covenant School. It ties over Christ Press Academy, which is where uh, Richard Anderson, who was the, was the high school principal over there, mm-hmm. and then he was he was connected to uh, people at Covenant, and he was connected to people at Christ Press. The, the new interim head headmistress that's at Covenant now came from Christ Press. They're all moving around, and there's things going on. Now, I don't know if everybody in there knows every detail, because a couple of weeks before um, Gracie did her YouTube video, mm-hmm. I sent an email about the case of Covenant to Christ Press, Christ Press Academy, their staff, and to Grace Chapel, to the church staff. Yep. But wow. I crossed over the line, I test because I knew that Governor Bill Lee was involved in both places, and that he had actually been a class parent with John Perry, the muster in the Southern Coast. So there's a connection. And I know these churches have connections anyway. It's, you know, they have mutual pastors, connections, friends, all that kind of stuff. So so I sent it into both places. And then I got a cease and desist letter sent to me from Christ Prez behind that because I, because I think I touched the nerve at Grace Chapel. And yeah. then Gracie, three weeks later, steps up and speaks out. That I didn't, you know, at the time I'm not knowing it's going to happen, but everybody could have thought I, I knew about it. Right, right. He speaks out, and then all of a sudden, Larry Crane is sending out letters, trying to block on that. And then later on, Melanie and them are getting letters from Todd McMurtry on behalf of Steve Bergen. Todd McMurtry's the the lawyer, and so there just there's a whole lot of connections and people that I'm involved in and, and connected yeah. to, and yeah, it's and a pretty pretty extensive lot of years. I mean, this thing's going over 20 years and I have yeah. an angle on it. And, I, and so I'm just, I'm just kind of trying to give you a little idea today, but people are going to have to, I mean, and I think you, more talking about it 
and getting more precise right now. We're just kind of generally talking about it. But uh, yes, see, some media had reported like WSM TV is owned by they were owned by Meredith and now they're owned by Great TV. They know I've sent them stuff. They're not reporting. They're not going to report. And I've also I've got a I've got a cease and desist on me basically from them. And yeah. and uh, one of those attorneys was representing the Tennessean in the in the covenant case. He's dropped out of the case, but the Tennessean's still in it. They're not reporting. Nobody's oh, local reporting. local yeah. media is the worst in Tennessee when it comes to this stuff. And like, part of me is like, okay. You know, I understand if you have a family and you're getting threatened by certain people, you know, because I, I, I believe that these politicians and, you know, my opinion is that they do um, have a big hand in swaying the media and what they say. And like just echoing what you said, I, I do want everyone who's listening right now, do your own research, go to the silent bell, look and, and see what Austin has been through and what he's done and the accused abuser who, you know, you can't really mention, his kid was in the same class with Governor Lee's kid. So it's like almost the same thing. Allegedly, Governor Lee sat in the same row at church as Aaron Solomon. It's like they all seem to know each other, either directly or indirectly. And, uh, you know, the truth as we know it gets buried. So it's well, it's incredibly frustrating. I can I can mention the the molester. His name is John Perry, and he's a, a prominent writer right. for yes. a lot of uh, prominent people in the Christian realm. The molester's uh, lawyer and victim are coming after me to silence me. That's okay. It'd be like if the and it could happen in the Covenant School. The parents are in this case. They could they could react in a certain way if they find this information out, and I could they could all come and attack me and and uh, you know go after me and that may happen because i'm i'm stepping into the arena with them but i'm hoping and what i do believe is is i don't think all the parents at the covenant school there are there are 100 families i think they're being represented i don't think a lot of them know i think they if they've been told anything about me i mean they started having shooter drills bad guy drills before mm-hmm. this happened mm-hmm. and i know why they were having bad guy drills it's because i'm i'm public enemy number one yeah, and they had to do Ugh. something, so they're over there doing. That. I mean, I think I, I think that's pretty clear. I know the, I know the morning that it happened that like people were calling me. I was getting screenshots. I was getting told certain things after it. I'd run people. I go, I just want you to know, I didn't think you did it. You know, and they were, t- you know, I, I can't even imagine what must have gone on in the city. Oh, like people thought you, you were the shooter at first. Well, sure, I, I mean the moment oh. like any crime. What, what happens when there's a crime and. You're trying to figure out who it is. You're going to start going. Has anybody made a threat to the school? Right, right. A, I was a convicted Sandy Hook shooter. I had a federal judge come into court. He's a he's an elder there, coming to court and testified. They had a meeting, and it concerned parents up there. And they were talking about the school and the church. The concerned parents came, and they were up there, and they were concerned about the Sandy Hook shooting and making comparisons. And they said that I was capable of doing something like that was what he said in the uh, uh, in, the, in my trial, my criminal trial. Got That's it. That's a powerful thing for a jury to hear from a federal judge. Yes, yes. And so right. it got me convicted. And 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 then and but then I found I think there's some problems in people that were on the jury. I know there are problems in people on the on the secret grand jury because the guy that was the, the security guard was on that grand jury session. The judge who turned me over to be indicted got arrested and and went to federal prison for public corruption. I mean, it's all along the path. And I went to the, I appealed, I went to the criminal appellate courts. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that was the Supreme Court, and everybody ruled against me. Yeah. And so, you know, everybody's talking about there being a two-tier system and all that. I mean, it is, it's corrupt. That the, the witness you had, the, the guest you had on this, like Byron Davis, I think. Yeah, Byron. Mm-hmm. Byron? Yeah, Byron he's Davis. talking about a lot of the same kind of things, that whatever he's doing. So there are a bunch of us. There's yeah. Jane Speaks Up. There's Angie and and Gracie. There's me. There's oh, there's so many Austin. I I say that there's so many. I like there's so many cases to look into. So many emails that I receive. But something that I just want to like, you know, wrap everything up with here is is just the fact that there are secrets, and and this is not just Tennessee. But hello, this podcast is. Uh, very much based on on cases in Tennessee and, and churches. And, and it just seems like you said, all of these churches are connected somehow. Um, they don't want their secrets exposed. And lastly, like you filing these motions in Tennessee and, and this judicial system in Tennessee, I hate to say it, I just, I don't trust anything, obviously. And I don't think anything's going to happen uh, because they're just going to... Con- they're just going to keep continuing to to paint you as this crazy person and and throwing them out. But I guess at least you can say that you did it, and at least you can say that you have this paper well, trail, I, I right? No matter what the judge does down there, once people find out, these people don't. They have some authority, but it can be limited. They can mm-hmm. be taken out of office. They can be impeached. They can have things happen to them. There are not very many of them, and they have all this power. And then there are million, like there's six point five million Tennesseans who have no idea what's going on in Tennessee. Yeah. Can you imagine what happens sure. if they find out? Can you yeah. imagine if everybody listening to your show gets on their, ta- on their email and sends a message to everybody they know and says, you need to listen to this, and to send to all the people you know, and, the, and what a fire would burn across the, the land if people started sharing the information. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how I think it'll happen. I think it's going to happen by word of mouth and people. And I think that those people up on, on top, Really are underestimating the people. Yeah, times have they're, changed. They're <laughs> We're in a different world now than we used to be in. And yep, the people, internet is the powerful. <laughs> but I think Almighty God is going to hold somebody accountable here, and yeah. He has His own plan. He has His own. He's got Angie over there. She is unbelievable in her interview the other night. Strong. Yeah, that had to be hard. Breaks my heart every time I see her. Um, I know, I know. I just, I just can't imagine. And I, and I'm, and so I love her, and I see her on there trying to stand and stand and stand. Gracie, I wanted to when I said uh, and wrote that seven minutes and gals and said murder. Gracie said murder. She was the one that said it, and she's a little girl, and she got on there and she said, "Rape, murder, killed." You know, and we can't hold back. We're gonna have to be, be playing hardball and say the truth. Yeah. And then and then we need to spread it. So that's where we need to help. We need people to listen to your show. Other people, we need to spread. It's big. It's a massive, massive cover-up going down there. And, and the police, everybody's got the stuff, and we don't know what's in there. They're not letting yeah. it out. And they're not. They, the plan is, it's not coming out. They're not going to let it out. Ugh, but I just got chills. Plan, it may not be <laughs> I did. I I just got chills. And and Austin, I I really want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing everything that you did. And um, and thank you for your advocacy and and really everything. It definitely is appreciated. And just so you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. Well, thank you for. Um, 
I know God must have put it on your heart because we've all been praying about whoever's used and for you to come into their lives and be as committed as you've been to mm-hmm. them, which I think is wonderful. And, uh, and, and it's Grant's Army. And yeah. it's, uh, that's the name on it. And that's all of us inside of that over here. Everything in there, Grant Grant stood up and, and um, yep. tried to protect his little sister. So yeah. he gets that honor. And yes. So anyway, we're we're all marching forward. We need a big army with millions and millions of people joining us. Mm. So that's yep. the call. That is. And that is. And, and hopefully, you know, one day people will see the truth um, of what you have presented and everything that you stand for. That was Austin Davis's story. And as I mentioned, I have a bunch of the links linked out in the episode notes. So you can check that out and you can do some of your own research. But next week, we'll get back into Grant and Gracie. But I hope you can see and understand why all of these tragic stories are connected. Until next time. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.